podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Quick fire and drags it down now. Long we out. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Here comes up, chance goal! Scotland have scored! It's Andy! It's Dykes! It's Welcome to the Hamden Roar podcast. We'll be reviewing a night that we'll never forget for regretful reasons, sadly. A classic ripped from our grasp in Seville. Referee Serdar Kozuboyuk denying us a McFadden moment in Spain. It really was an absolute gutter at full time after Murata scored the opener and then they went and got their second. A bit of housekeeping to begin with before we get into it. I appreciate that Scotland doing well at the moment means that the listener numbers are going up and we're getting a lot of good engagement. So if you're enjoying the pod, please like and subscribe uh, or give us a wee rating on Spotify or Apple or whatever you listen. I'd much appreciated. Uh, and secondly, um, I've mentioned this a few times on the pod. Uh, we've got I've got a sports quiz at Walkabout in the first Monday of every month now. Uh, so that will be the 6th of November, if you fancy coming along to that with a little squad. If you can find one, should be a decent night once again at Walkabout, which is in Glasgow City Centre. Um, but now on to the football. Now, by the time you're listening, Scotland might already have qualified. We're recording this at half 11 on Sunday morning. This is actually a, a bit of a late pod because on the travel back from Seville on Friday, the, um, took me 15 hours to get home with various delays, so didn't get until 1 in the morning. And yesterday, I was working in Leeds all day. So this is the first opportunity that I've had to sit down and record. And I'm doing it with BN Sports, Callum Brown, who is back again from his apartment in Paris. You got you going to Lille, Callum? Yeah, I'll be in Lille. Um, got back from Seville as well on on Friday. Still a bit still a bit scunnered, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But um, no, it was a great trip, uh, result aside. And as you say, kind of probably shows, shows how far we've come that we're that we're begrudging that that 2-0 defeat to a pot one team. But I'll be in Lille and, and looking forward to that friendly whilst hopefully we've we've maybe qualified tonight. Well, that could be a magnificent away day for everybody in Lille if things go our way tonight. So just a reminder, kick-off is at quarter to eight tonight, Norway against Spain. If Norway do not win, then we have done it. This is Norway's seventh game of the group. We've only played six so this is Norway's seventh game tonight. If they draw, it would move them on to 11 points. We are on 15. So with Norway having one game to play, they wouldn't be able to catch us. So if Norway drop points this evening, we are through to the Euros. Um, and I, I liked what Steve Clark said after the game against Spain, that this would not be because Norway have dropped points. We have put ourselves in the position to benefit um, from that with the hard work that we've put in and the run that we had at the start of the group. So this is very much off our own accord and not Norway's um, or Spain's should they be the ones to get the job done for us. So to Thursday night, Callum, let's let's start where we can only begin. And no matter how many times we watch it back, it's not going to count. I've probably done it a couple of dozen times now. Um, the decision to rule out Scott McTominay's wonder goal. Um, 
let, let's go through it chronologically. So Christie does brilliantly, hunts the ball down uh, with someone else. Was it McGinn maybe? Or it, um, down in the, the byline. And we get the free kick. Christie was filled, I think. McTominay's finish, before we get on to the decision, I think could be the best goal I've ever seen at a Scotland game with my own two eyes. What do you think? Yeah, I would, I would have to agree. Um, just from the it's kind of a ludicrous angle, isn't it? Um, I remember saying to a few mates when I was at the game that it's a bit positioned, it's basically like a corner, um, but a few yards further in. Um, yeah, incredible hit. And I, I probably maybe only really rivaled by McGinn against Israel, I would say, just off the top of my head. I think that was a brilliant finish. But yeah, other than that, I think... An absolute stunner in, in in Scotland terms. Definitely my favourite goal or, or goal that never was. The, the the cleanest strike that the the whip and the pace on it was just unbelievable. And I was down. I was quite low down in the the away end. I've never heard a ball, or I've never heard a sound like that with when a ball has hit the net before. It, it must have clipped the inside of the post ever so slightly, but it yeah. was it was just absolutely magnificent and the. The reaction videos from you know behind the goal, Christie and Porteous and Hickey running away to the away end. It's just brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. But the I wasn't in Paris in two thousand and seven. I would say that's a better, better, better goal than McFadden's. To be honest, it didn't. I know it didn't count, so it's pointless really. But um, I'd say that strike is of better quality than McFadden's. I think there is less of a hit and hope aspect to McTominay's than. McFadden strike, for example, and if it had counted, I think that would make for an interesting debate, to be honest. Um, but yeah, anyway, no matter how good it was, it it didn't count, and this is where things start to get into murky water. So I'm actually I've got sports scene on here just in the background, and it was Christie and Hickey who hunted down Carvajal and won the ball back. Um, it's literally happening right in front of me now. Carvajal then bundles Christie over. So yeah, Christie was the one who won the free kick. Um, yeah, so Jack Hendry. I think we can all, anybody with a football brain, recognise that he did not foul Unai Simon. There's absolutely no way that when that ball flashes across goal, Hendry is committing a foul on the goalkeeper. What is apparent, and I've seen people on Twitter saying that it's not the case, but Hendry is, if if you if you look at it, um there's well, there's one particular angle and angles can be deceiving, but it does appear that Hendry is offside. Whether that is a matter of convenience after the referee has signalled for a foul is when this starts to get tricky. Did the referee make an innocent mistake by signalling for a foul or did he do that on purpose and then UEFA have realised that the offside is the easy way out of this where do you stand on it Callum yeah it's it's really it's really frustrating because there isn't still there still isn't clarity on it um, and obviously both ourselves were in the ground at the time Andy and Obviously, would have had no idea what was going on, what it was disallowed for, except the referee's signal, um, which obviously pointed towards towards the the 
um, the opposite end, which you know indicating a foul, not offside with the, the hand up, etc. Um, where do I stand on it? I st- it it probably it will sound bitter. I, I've spoke to you off camera about it, and I don't think there can be a debate that that Jack Kendry's offside. I think they'll have drawn the lines. They'll have done all of this um, procedure. Although we've seen with maybe Tottenham Liverpool that doesn't always work. Um, but I, th- I think Hendry's offside. But he, as you say, he doesn't foul him. And if you watch it in real time, I don't think he interferes for me. Genuinely, I don't. And I would say that. I've said this to a few mates like who, who've disagreed with me. Um, that's not just with a Scotland hat on. I think that's just with a football hat on. If that's I know, San Marino last night against Northern Ireland, I'm, I'm saying that that I don't think it's fair in the, in, in the world of football. I think football's a, a contact sport. And I know Henry's in an offside position, but I don't think he affects what the goalkeeper does. I don't think he pins the goalkeeper, uh, stops him from moving. I just think it's a natural reaction. The Spain defensive line drop back, therefore Henry drops back, doesn't move into the goalkeeper. I've seen people saying he pushes him into the goal and things. I don't think he does at all. I think if things are, are slowed down and, and freeze-framed, then maybe it looks bad from Henry. But I think if I've watched it in real time several, several times and I just think we're kind of ruining football. With, and, and this is in general with, with tackles that are slowed down and and, ta- and referees that are showed still images of tackles and things, and I just think it's a bit, it's a bit frustrating. I think it's very, very soft. Whatever way the decision crumbles, it's a soft one. Christy, just watching it back, sports scene on behind me right now. Christy definitely has his kind of forearm on the keeper's uh, stomach, kind of lower chest area. Now, this to me looks like like a rehearsed situation where Henry's job is to fend off the goalie almost, not to pin him, as you say, not to foul him, just to be quite subtle and make his life quite difficult. Because if Henry, if let, let, we, we can't say this for sure. If Henry wasn't there, Simon might have thrown out an arm. Okay, he might have. But Henry is certainly not pushing him into the goal certainly does not have his arms wrapped around him, which would be indisputably, probably in the first instance, a foul and certainly interfering with play. What's going on here is that Hendry, I think, had a job to do on the keeper and unfortunately has stepped towards him a fraction too early, which nullifies the whole thing. I think Hendry didn't act on a whim to do that to Simon. I think that was rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he has just unfortunately strayed the wrong side fractionally um, a few seconds or a few milliseconds too quickly. The interfering with play, sadly, I, th- I think that in the, the laws of the game, all Henry has to be doing is standing in the keeper's way or in his eye line. And if you, if we're being honest about that, that is probably the case. He's right in front of him, so he has to be in his eye line. I'm with you, Callum, that I don't think Simon gets that anyway. I think he's so surprised and flummoxed by McTominay's decision to do that that he's completely caught off guard. I think the whole Spain defence were, to be honest, that McTominay opted to do that. Actually, yeah. I was standing next to my mate Kieran in the game and uh, just as McTominay was about to take it, I turned to him and I said, what do you reckon? Drill it in lower, float it towards the back post. Like Nobody was expecting McTominay to, to shoot from there. Um, not least Simon. So... 
I don't think he was getting it anyway. I think that Hendry's decision to edge towards him a bit too early, probably subconsciously, is uh, is what is really what's cost Scotland here. But it's still such a soft decision because even though he is by the letter of the law, I think interfering with Simon, he does not impact the outcome of the situation. And in this instance and it's it's so frustrating I mean I've, I've paused the TV behind me right now Shea Adam have you seen this the the, the view from behind the goal Shea Adams is, is out doing his warm up um, I've never seen a substitute leap so high in my entire life uh, when their team scores a goal I would I would encourage anyone who's watching the highlights and putting themselves through this pain again um, to try and pause on that Shea Adams is full star jump uh, in midair when it hits the back of the net it's quite funny and, and yeah, on react, yeah. sorry, on on reactions as well, Andy. Um, you mentioned you you feel like it's rehearsed, and I think we can we can probably tell it's rehearsed by Austin McPhee's reaction as well. I think the set piece coach yeah. kind of doing a bit of a, a running jog beside uh, Steve Clark, and as well in terms of reactions, I, I know not to go back to it, but Simon doesn't do anything. He doesn't he doesn't complain at all. If if I think, I mean. It was a, a horrendous level I played that right. But if I'm a goalkeeper, <laughs> um, and I've I feel I've been impeded, or I feel like somebody's in my way, or whatever, I'm going to the ref as soon as the goal goes in, and I'm complaining. Mm. He stands there, he's scunnered, he doesn't know what's happened, doesn't know where he is. None of the Spain players say anything as well, and uh, until the referee kind of goes to his earpiece, and then they're all around him going, but probably blindly saying, "Oh yeah, yeah. Check. they don't." I don't think they know what it's for. Yeah. Uh, so. It's, it's slightly frustrating in, in that, but yeah, I don't know about robbery. I don't know about the terms cheating or robbery or or any of this. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's that. I just think it's a very, very poor decision. A very, very soft decision. Um, one that will that will sting for a while, but um, I think the majority of the tartan army will be Spanish tonight. So um, yeah, a, there was a there was a goal last season. I remember. Arsenal's last-minute winner against Bournemouth. I quite enjoy doing this when important goals are scored. Just seeing the the instantaneous reaction from various players at that point. Like I'll quite often rewind it and watch it nine or ten times to try and watch every individual player how they respond to the ball going in. And it was when Reece, it was Reece Nelson that scored in ninety fifth minute against Bournemouth last season, I think, and they rewound it to watch Odegaard and. Saliba and all the rest of the Arsenal players. What did they do when the ball went in? And I've done it with this one as well. Um, it's quite, it's quite funny the, the the angle from behind the goal, the the shock on Ryan Christie's face when it <laughs> went in, um, before he just sprints into, uh, sorry, behind the the goal uh, to head towards the Scotland fans. Uh, really, really just brilliant, and I'm I'm gutted that we've been robbed of that because we weren't in, but we weren't in Belgrade for. Christie's goal. It's been sixteen years now, has it, since Fadi? Um yeah. Anya, I suppose, is a moment in Germany again, but we ultimately lost the game. Uh Croatia away from home, the group was already gone. So um For me for me celebrating a goal, it's as close to Griffiths as I've I've ever felt. Um it was yeah, it was yeah. incredible. It was actually kind of emotional as well, um, but not just... It, it, it now falls in that bracket, Callum, where when we watch it back on the highlights, it's not even like we're watching a goal, we're watching a disallowed goal. 
So, <laughs> like, <laughs> so that like that. There's the caveat of looking at it and thinking, "Oh my God, what a strike! What a moment!" And recalling how that made us feel in that moment, and then it comes with the caveat that, like, kind of Griffiths when Kane scored, like, "Oh well, we know it was disallowed," and um, and then Spain went up and scored ten minutes later. So, yeah, it's 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 really frustrating, and the. There was a video going round actually, um, sent into one of the work group chats I'm in, where the referee after he comes on and points for a foul, when things are then getting kind of straightened back out and and they're preparing to take it, uh, he puts his arm in the air, and and does the kind of offside motion at that point, but that was after everything had calmed down. I don't know if. He has then had word from the people in the the VAR control room or his refereeing team saying you need to you need to signal for offside. Do it, do it now. So um hypothetical because we don't know the conversation that went on. I would I would love to hear the transparency on it. I'm not sure if UEFA will ever entertain that, to be honest. I think that the Premier League, because it was uh, two massive teams probably under a bit more pressure uh, to release that audio. I'm not sure that they'll face the same clamour here um, for that or have to respond in a similar way. Uh, but yeah, um, a, a sickening moment and it's going to take a long time, as you say, Callum, for us to to get over that. Um, a lot of people saying that, okay, in the, in the grand scheme of things, Spain deserved to win. I put to you that that is a bit of a, um, bit of a nonsensical statement, okay? Because ultimately we have to play to different strengths when we play Spain or France or whoever, okay? You, having uh, been a Livingston fan, having played Celtic and Rangers a hundred times, will know as well that there's there's no right or wrong way, in my opinion anyway, to, to win a game of football. You can't take on these best teams at their own game unless you are a kind of once-in-a-generation sort of line-up with a manager and um, have the ability to to do it. We have good players, but our job and the strength that we have to play to with our manager coaching the boys in this way is to be defensively sound and capable of hurting a team when we get our opportunity. That's our job when we go away to places like this. It's Spain's job to to break us down and score. So, yes, they managed to do that with Murata and then we unfortunately put it on a plate with them, which we'll come to for the second goal. But if we had, say, held out for a nil-nil, or if we if McTominay's goal had counted and then Spain equalised for 1-1, could anyone say that Spain deserved to win because they didn't do their job, but we would have done ours by frustrating them? I, I, I don't think that loads of possession and missing chances constitutes to being the far better side because... That you you don't have to play the same way for to to be considered far better than the other team. I mean, we 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 had to play football defensively. That doesn't mean that we were any less good at our side of the the bargain than Spain were at theirs. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I, I completely agree. Um, we we people can maybe say we were, you know, if if Spain. Um, had drawn or or been beaten that that, that were unlucky or whatever, um, 
I do feel we we had a slight rub of the green, and that's why it felt like kind of the the McFadden moment. You know, if we if we get a chance here, because they hit the post, and I think in the second minute they had that you know one flash wide, and then obviously after it as a touch on hit the post. Um, so they they could maybe have felt unlucky in that sense, but I don't think they absolutely battered us at all. They had all Angus the- Angus Gunn didn't have to pull out any brilliant yeah. saves. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that, and um, I, I don't think it was a a total onslaught um, for me. But as you say, you know, just because you've you've had more possession and more shots doesn't equate to we should have won the game. Um, and I would say that if it's you know. We, we've seen it multiple times probably with Scotland before. Um, I think we're actually quite good as as a national team anyway, in terms of national team fans. I think there's sometimes um, a little bit, I don't want to say snobbery, but there's a little bit, you know, in terms of, if you talk about me as a Livingston fan with Celtic and Rangers, the the lack of ability to, to acknowledge a good defensive performance or it was just sitting in. But I think at Scotland, if, I don't know, say a, a Cyprus had come to Hamden on the opening day, um, and and they'd done a job on us. Maybe got a draw. We would we would have said. We, I think we're very critical of ourselves. We would have said, you know, yeah, maybe we deserve to win. We had X, Y, and Z chance, but didn't do enough to win the game. I think we'd have been very honest about that. And I think it kind of showed how how rattled we had Spain for me because, um, you know, the the celebration of the play. And I'm I'm not the celebration police at all, but. So it's a big win for Spain, but you know they were doing all A's at one 0 against at home to Scotland, and I think that's kind of you look at the Spain teams of uh, our generation anyway, the Chavis and Iniesta's Busquets, all of these. I think it's a little, a little bit tragic in a way. You know, you're doing all A's against Scotland one 0 up. It, it maybe sounds a wee bit better um, given the, the circumstances, but um, maybe they edged it. I would say, but I think. Um, yeah, it's definitely a tough one to take, but certainly the the goal or the disallowed goal changes the game for me, um, because obviously if it goes in, we don't lose the game at all for me. I think we actually go on to win it, but um, the momentum lift it gives Spain and the kind of the dejection it gives us, as much as Clark tried to calm the players down and as much as you can talk about psychology and everything, I think it's only human to just feel absolutely. You know, gutted after that, um, and kind of we we we've spoken off camera as well about that, the McGinn foul, um, just things like that. It was kind of they were adding up throughout the night, and you just kind of felt, you know, the the top teams against you, but also kind of, you know, the the world's against you in a way. We did we did have a a momentum shift in the game for sure. They actually recognised that after was it Rodri's interview? I think he said that when the goal was disallowed. It gave Spain a boot a boot up the arse because they realised that okay we've got a second bite at this we need to uh, go through the gears a little bit here we've got away with that and I think it did take the wind out of ourselves a little bit um, the seeing the goal disallowed and Spain, Spain scored a brilliant goal Navas cross for Morata he's in between Porteous and Hendry I think they they probably needed to take control of that a little bit better um, but yeah lovely cross good header and then poor Hickey who. Was it excellent again on both sides, starting on the right, replacing Robertson uh, over on the left, um, and and doing brilliantly, in my opinion, uh, as second to McTominay for our player of the campaign so far. I think Hickey's been absolutely brilliant, um, reliable, and uh, really really gifted footballer. 
Um, I think that his he latched onto a McGinn pass at 1-0 down and went on a little run into the box. He didn't really catch his shot well. For me, Adams has to put that in the back of the net. The one where he's it's coming at him and yep. he doesn't quite divert it uh, with enough power um, to to put it into the near post. Like, I think if he just can divert that, up, not back from where it's coming from, but can he close the angle on it rather than uh, deftly glance it, uh, I think that uh, that has to end up in the back of the net. And at that point, it's 1-1, 80 minutes. Spain then score five minutes later. Uh, Porteous, unfortunate as well. What a great game he had. He's, he's really embedded himself in the Scotland team now. A good sliding tackle. Just unfortunately, the... Spanish player who I'd never heard of, by the way, but Sunset. Who's who's that come? Owen. Um, I believe he plays for Athletic Bilbao. Bilbao, um, yeah, twenty-three years old, Sunset. So, yeah. um, his first game in this group for Spain, and he ends up with the luckiest goal, um, that anybody could ever hope for coming off the bench. So, yeah, really unfortunate. And look, let, let, let's look at the stats. Okay, so Spain had seventy-five percent possession. Who's shocked by that? Nobody. Um, they had three times the amount of passes that we did. Nobody's shocked by that. They completed nine out of every ten passes. We completed seven out of every ten passes. The, these stats are of no surprise to anybody, but we held firm and we made it difficult for Spain to break us down. Apart from the, the shot in the first minute, um, Murata put one over the bar, Rodri hit the post. They, they did not scythe through us time after time after time. We were repelling them, they were frustrated, and then we managed to get a shot and go from somehow from McTominay uh, that ended up in the back of the net and if it had stayed 1-0 then look, there's there's more than one way to win a game and we, we would have been worthy winners in my eyes at that point for um, stopping the Spanish threat but anyway it didn't pan out that way and ultimately we now need Spain to beat Norway uh, this evening or draw with them uh, over in Oslo which uh, I don't know how well, I don't want to get too too much into that, Callum, because by the time most people listen to this, it will probably be full time. But yeah. any team with Haaland and Odegaard stands a chance in my eyes because all they need is one opportunity. A bit like us almost the other night, especially with Haaland, you just need one opportunity. So, yeah. Um, look, it was a, a an evening full of despair in the end for for Scotland after that moment. Um, there's, let just see here. 97% chance that we'll still make it through um, Georgia away let's, let's pretend that Norway get a, point, uh, get a win tonight Georgia away Norway at home will be a serious test for these boys um, because I think the expectation will be on them in comparison to the playoffs a few years ago in Serbia and the, the like going to Wembley in the Euros for example so yeah um, it's going to be a big test for them but I back them now. I, th- I don't think that I don't think that this squad certainly carry the Georgian scarring that maybe us fans do. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Hopefully, hopefully Spain can get the job done tonight. Um, but yeah, as I say, a, a tough one to take. Um, but yeah, definitely a a result for Spain tonight will make that trip to Lille, you know, all the better. Um, but I think even if so, you know, as as you touch on, there's there's still a, a confidence from me um, that you know we, we can go to Georgia and win. I don't think I think they had the penalty, but other than that, at, at Hamden again, you can maybe take that game in isolation because it's the, the, the awful conditions. But I've watched Georgia a few times now, and I don't think they, they've been overly impressive. Um, 
think Spain put six or seven past them as well. So um, I, I would think that this squad would have enough to, to hopefully go and beat Georgia and kind of end that hoodoo, um, which we obviously all know about. And it will be one of those banana skins, won't it? But so was Cyprus and, and that was done within about 12 minutes. So um, fingers crossed. If it comes to that, then then this group of players, they don't have this glorious failure attitude anymore. Um, and it's a, a really good team. As as we've we've spoken really throughout, Andy, it's it's really testament to how far we've come. Um, and I know some people maybe don't like that adage, but um, it is. You know, we've we we're sitting here, we're recording a, a podcast about how gutted we are to be losing two 0 to Spain. Um, the you know, a, a great side, albeit they they're not the side of the past, but you know, incredible players. I was going through um, their their squad, and you're looking at our. The, the back line we finished with, you know, Porteous of Watford, McKenna of Nottingham Forest, Hickey of Brentford, and you've kind of got, you know, I think a, a, a Barcelona fullback was replaced by a Real Madrid fullback for um for for Spain. So I mean, kind of that's 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 what we were up against. But it's a a, a disappointing. The second goal is especially disappointing in terms of head to head as well. If we're we're looking at trying to win the group, it will now go to goal difference. Um, and and Spain will probably win the group if they win their well they will win the group if they win their next um, remaining games but hopefully they do the job tonight um, point would be ideal in terms of trying to top the group but um, yeah fingers crossed We've got about five or six minutes here to look ahead to France then uh, I haven't seen any notion of any players pulling out the squad it would appear they were given a day off on the Friday or the Saturday I think we saw that nice video of McTominay giving his grandpa Alvaro Morata's shirt um, so yeah I haven't seen anything to suggest that players have pulled out or gone back to their clubs so looking at the squad Callum France away I mean if we lose that's three defeats in a row which is unlike this team at the moment albeit against three top class teams so do you want us to go full tilt again full strength preparing for uh, Georgia or would you rather see a few players uh, that maybe have been on the fringe of the squad for a little while given game time I'm thinking namely Lewis Ferguson and um, anyone else in attack at the moment? Um, I would, I would like to see, I would like to see Ferguson. Um, I, I, I saw, I saw a few people saying, "Oh, do we play the the, the complete B team or do we play um, a second string?" Um, I don't know. I, th- I think there should be a few changes. I, I'd like to see maybe Billy Gilmore come back in. Um, not against McLean coming in, maybe give McGregor a rest. It's it's like you're on a hiding to nothing, really. There's no there's no I say there's no reason we can't get anything. The France squad would <laughs> dictate otherwise. But um nah, they're a they're a top side. I think whatever team you play, it's gonna be difficult. But I would like Clark to see it. I would like sorry to see Clark kind of rotate a few players. I don't think massive rotations needed, but I don't know how many subs um are are allowed. I would I would like to see though because I think again it's not a criticism but if you bring guys on for the last ten of a friendly I don't think we really see a lot and maybe would I like to see a goalkeeper in maybe Xander Clark or Liam Kelly getting forty five potentially um, again that's dependent on the amount of subs but um, we've got a good squad we've got players that as you touch on like Ferguson and a, a couple others maybe even in defence Cooper coming back in so um, fit again yeah. Um, it's, it's Jacob, maybe, Jacob, Jacob Brown's in the squad. 
yeah, again, we've probably not seen enough of him in a Scotland jersey as a touch on with these kind of cameo appearances from the bench. Um, I think he's got five or six caps and <laughs> can't really remember. He's probably got five or six touches of the ball. So it's <laughs> kind of feel for him a wee bit. But um, yeah, I would I would like to see some, not new faces as such, but I would like to see a few players um, but long for, for longer than kind of five, ten minutes. So I, I, kind of pointless exercise in that case for me. Yeah, we know what Clark's like with the changes anyway. He's, he doesn't really tend to make them too freely. It's two subs, two subs followed by another sub or vice versa um, during the games. It's sort of an, an important game though in terms of we're going to go into this uh, UEFA Nations League A group um, and obviously with hopefully a, a Euros coming up. Um, it's, it's, I've seen a few people saying it's kind of like a a pointless friendly or it's a you know I've said it myself a hiding to nothing but it'll show how how far we've come These this game against England Spain who we we took by the way to the what 76th minute Spain it'll show how far we are kind of from these nations and it's not to say France will take it um, overly serious um, I, I still think they'll put out a good side but um, it's not a pointless pointless exercise it'll be good to see this squad go up against the very very best well, having a look at the France team that beat Netherlands 2-1 the other night, the only one in the starting lineup that I'm not aware of as being a world-class player is the right-back, Jonathan Klaus, who I've just uh, clicked on. He's the right-back for Marseille, seven caps. You must know a wee bit about him, Callum, working on the commentary over in France. But apart from him, it's just household name after household name. Mbappe, Coman, Griezmann, Schoemeni, Rabio, Colomouani is the centre-forward, Giroud on the bench, Turam on the bench. Uh, Pavard, Kamavinga, Usman Dembele. So, I mean, yeah, this is an absolutely sensational team. World Cup finalists a few months ago. So, if we can get anything over in France, or even I think just perform the way that we did in Spain defensively, and if France eventually break us down and show their quality, then okay. Um, so, it's going to be a very, very tough game, and I do not see Clark making eight changes, for example, to the starting eleven. I think it'll maybe be a few changes with some in-game substitutions. Uh, yeah, is there is there anything you can enlighten us about on the the France team, Callum? We've got a couple of minutes. Mbappe is quite good. Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 a, a really really good side. They could field two, three, maybe even four squads. You're looking at the twenty ones that Thierry Henry's just taken charge of, and you're looking at players that that are either injured or you know not available now for for their country. Um, it's just yeah, an absolutely frightening squad. Again, I don't think we can expect much, but as long as we, as long as we, you know, make it make it difficult to beat. Um, kind of, I think if we sit in, it could be it could be okay because the the pace of that front three, if it's Mbappe, Colomani, and Dembele, who are also playing at club level for PSG now, um, they could be lethal on on the counter attack if if we went for it. But I don't I don't think we will. Um, so they may find that slightly difficult to break down, but. Um, yeah, very, very good side. Um, very good defensively as well. Um, just all over the park, as you say, household name after household name. So it'll be a tough task. A very good side um, who will be one of the favourites again for the next tournament. So um, fingers crossed we can we can show them what we're all about. Maybe give them a, a little scare. Who knows? Well, we'll see. We have uh, we'll be reviewing that on Wednesday, I'd imagine, probably the day after the game. Um, but for now, we love to. Uh, regret the disallowed goal from McTominay and hope that 
Spain can do the job for us tonight and we can qualify for the Euro. So thanks very much for tuning in. Join us again on Wednesday to review the France game. Callum, thanks very much for your time and cheers for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.